Good morning, church. You guys sound good. I think you look good, but I can't see you yet, but I think you do. I bet you do. Um, it's so beautiful to see some folks with us for the first time today. I hope you felt welcomed and felt like you um, belong here. Uh, it's, a big t- it's a big deal to us that you would come join us on this rainy Sunday morning. Um, so we need to talk about last week. All right, um, let me give you a short recap. It's one of those messages that if you're part of Relentless Church, um, we need you to go back and listen to if you missed it, because it kind of set the course for some things. So last week we said that our goal for 2023 was to become a praying church. All right, so it's, it's a big deal. You'll hear more about it this morning and next week. Um, but for some of you uh, awesome new folks, Uh, A week from tomorrow is a big deal for us as well. We'd love for you to come to Welcome to Relentless. It's kind of a chance to ask some questions and get to know our staff, get to know where we're going, who we are, how you might fit into that. We provide childcare if you need it. And our church is so cool. Every time, like the the few days before, like the the day before people sign up, right? If you know you're coming, we're inviting you. We'd love for you to go ahead and sign up this week so we can be excited about a week from tomorrow night right here in in this room. So last week, let me give you my perspective. It was such a, uh, it was such a great Sunday. Um, it, was so, it was so good to just sit up here and, and get to preach again. I, I'm, I'm not going to be sitting all year, all right? I'm going to stand and preach. I don't know how far off we are. I'm hoping not far from that. Um, but we walked through a lot of stuff, and it just it, it felt, I could feel God moving. Some of the stories I heard from what God was doing in your lives, even between services, like God was so good to us as a church, and we're, we're on to some things, and God is with us. And I, and I put out this plea to sign up to, to start praying with us, to join our prayer team. And I thought, you know, I always tell our staff, when, when, when we ask for something and people don't respond, we either weren't, we weren't clear or we weren't compelling, right? And I felt like I was compelling, right? Maybe I wasn't so clear because man when I left here I thought man we're all I could see your eyes we're all ready to pray like we've never been I was thinking man, we'll probably get a 90 percent sign up rate 90 percent of the folks that are here are going to say I'm ready to pray right and uh we didn't get 90 percent we got about 25 percent right which in the grand scheme of things is pretty when you get 25 percent of a church to, to to do anything right that's a win right so Um, I think part of why that number wasn't higher is because I wasn't clear. We were real like, hey, prayer team, care team, let me be real clear of what you're signing up for. Um, You can, the QR code is on the screen, it's on the website, QR code's also in the lobby. If you, if you sign up, here's what you're saying. As we get our organization together, we'll get all that coming to you. As we get that list out, you're saying, I want to be a person who's praying for people who need prayer at Relentless Church. So you're, you're committing to pray as we send that list out and emergencies on text and and other stuff on email that you want to be part of the team that's praying for people that need prayer. So that's, that's what the request is. We'll get to the care team um, in a few weeks, but um, I'm not mad at you. I'm not starting with scolding. I, I wore this on purpose so you know I love my church, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm thrilled. Like 20, 25%, that's a, that is a big deal that people are like, hey, I'm, I only heard this one day and I'm ready to go. People are getting excited and we're getting leaders willing to come um, and, and meet this week and figure out how we're going to do some of the details of this. Um, so be excited with us that we're becoming a praying church. Now the question for today is can a statement 
or a phrase change your life? Like it's just words, right? You think a statement or a phrase can change your life? Uh, some of you do? Yeah, so I'm going to go way back, right? There's a, there's a movie back, 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 back in the day called Dead Poet Society. Anybody remember that? There's a phrase in that movie, seize the day, right? And it, it was talking about this, you know, um, I, 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 was, I thought this movie this week, we, we played basketball against Ravenscroft, and uh, I was on the bench for the girls' game and then the varsity boys' game. I'm sitting there watching the varsity boys' game, and I'm thinking their team is like the cast of Dead Poets Society. Like, that's what they look like, um, and they whooped us. But <laughs> anyway... Um, in that movie, there's Seize the Day, and, and I watched that movie, and I had a crush on this girl, uh, Kelly Wilson. And um, after that movie, I went home that day and wrote a letter to her professing my love for her and how I was going to seize the day, and she still has the letter. I can prove it. I didn't bring it today because you don't want to hear that. But it was the beginning my, you know, of Kelly Wilson one day now becoming Kelly Jones, right? So we seized the day. And that phrase and that movie inspired, you know, a lot of, of things. I want to talk about a statement today, and it's not seize the day, and it's nothing to do with romance. I want to talk about a statement um, that has changed my life and I believe can change our church. It, it, it's something that I've seen uh, hundreds of times because you've heard me talk about my spiritual mentor, Dean Troon. At the bottom of all his emails is this statement. So I've seen it a ton of times, but it, it's really hit home with me in the last you know, month or two since my stroke. And I, I asked him this week, I said, hey, I'm talking about that statement. Tell me, like, give me the story. Give me the cool origin story of where this statement came from. And he said, and like only Dean Troon says, he says, well, God gave me that thought one day. That was the whole story. All right, that's all? Okay. Um, but this, this, this phrase, I think, can, can change our church. All right, you ready? Excited? You leaning in? What, what, what is this going to be? Here's, here it is. It's on the screen. My one primary responsibility today is to spend quality time with God. Boom. Oh, All right. If I was my normal self, I'd be running around the stage right now, right? Um, it's, it's so convicting to me because it's, it's got such strong words. My one primary responsibility. If it's one and it's primary, that means I can't have more than one. Right? A few months ago, we talked about seek first the kingdom. What am I supposed to like, This is the same thing. How are you going to seek first the kingdom without spending quality time with God who owns the kingdom? I really believe this statement is going to help us on our journey to become a praying church. And let me clarify again, to be clear, we do, we've been a church that prays since the beginning. We're not anti-prayer. We've always been about prayer. What's changing is two things. Right? This is how we become a praying church. One, the organization and mobilization. We, 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 we are going to get organized so you know who needs prayer and you can be a part of that. We're going to organize and mobilize people to pray in a way that we haven't before. And two, here's what else is changing. We're calling people to a higher devotion to prayer. We want to be a church that's devoted to prayer. How do you become a church that's devoted to prayer? By having people and families and individuals devoted to prayer. So wherever you're at on how devoted to prayer, we're calling you up a notch to be more devoted to prayer. As we individually become more devoted to prayer, we, we become a church that is a praying church. I talked to my family this week. I said, hey, what, what's keeping us from, we, we, we want to become a family that's devoted to prayer. Um, what, what, do you, what is keeping us from becoming a family devoted to prayer? And the first answer was 
time. Oh, that's not what I wanted to hear, right? We must not believe this statement, right? If, if time is the reason that we can't be devoted to prayer, then we must not believe that our primary responsibility, and let me be real with you, I didn't believe this statement with my whole heart for most of 2022. Now, I wanted to spend time with God, and I did, but I did not believe that it was my primary responsibility. Church, I believe it now, right? From, from everything I've walked through, and, and God has done something uh, in me since that stroke, um, I, I've, just, I've committed to this statement in January 1, and it has changed so much about my life, and I want to share it with you, and I want you to be excited about what it might change about our church. This hits on a fundamental question. It's a global question, right? We're here in Raleigh, North Carolina. There's people in Tokyo, Japan, and Switzerland, and Germany, and the Sudan, and Argentina. There's people all over this globe of all ages, and they're all asking the same question deep down. Why am I here? Why do I exist? Right? This statement doesn't make any sense unless you know why you're here and why you exist, why you were created. You were created in the likeness of God, in the image, right? God created all these animals, but they weren't created. We're different. We're created in his image, in his likeness. And Colossians 1.16 says, By him, talking about Jesus, By him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. You were created through Jesus and for Jesus. You're created for him. In Acts 17, God's, it's talking about, there's a, a message being given, and it's talking about you're created and how God created. And in that, verse 17, verse, chapter 17, verse 27, it says, God did this so that they, the people he created, that's us, would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any of one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. That's why you're here, that you would reach out and find him. Ephesians 2 says, We are God's workmanship, his, his handiwork, his art, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That's why you're here, that we should walk in the good works that God has called us to. So he's like, well, wait a second. That's our primary responsibility is to do good works. No. Our, these statements matched up, right? Our primary responsibility is to build that relationship, and out of that we walk with him and do the good that he's called us to do. But church, I was confused, right? I think, I think a year ago, I would, January last year, I was confused. I would have thought, I think I would have agreed with the statement, right? I would have said yes to it. But I think deep down, I thought my primary responsibility some days was to lead this church or to preach the gospel. I thought my primary responsibility might be to lead my family, to be a great husband, to be a great father, Right? And those are, that's not true. And clarity is so beautiful. Don't you love simplicity and clarity? We do have responsibility. And there's a ton of responsibilities in this room. And nobody, me or God, is saying, forget your responsibilities. But what is your primary responsibility? Me as a pastor, me as a dad, me as a husband. Those things all have to flow from somewhere. They have to flow from my relationship with God. So that is primary. Right, I talked last week that we're going to have a series this year at some point on anxiety as I've had my first real true walk with that in my own life in the past couple months. And you name it, and I've been worried about it at some point. 
So in this time with God that I'm just, I'm going to spend quality time with you every day, God, um, he spoke to me, right? And, and not out loud. Some of you get a little weirded out when we start talking about God speaking. Well, hang on, because February 13th, we're starting a series entitled The God Who Still Speaks, right? So if you've never known a God who speaks to your life, we're going to help you. We just think, what happens in our church if we help people know how to hear from God? So, so God speaks in all kinds of ways. So I'm, I'm just spending quality time with God, and he impresses this statement on my heart as I'm dealing with worry and all this stuff. And it was so clear, and I put it in my journal. I've come back to it. Um, he said this to me. He said, David, I got you. I got your family, and I've got my church. Right? And I think those pronouns are really important. He wanted me to hear those. I've got you, I've got your family, and I've got my church. It's not my church, it's his church. I got you, right? And that's been so meaningful to me. And it came out of spending quality time with God. So I think the natural question um, is how does that work? Like, how, how does that work? How, 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 does it, how do you spend, if that's our primary responsibility today is to spend quality time with God. I hope this is quality time with God, coming and worshiping together and hearing his word. But, but on a Monday morning, how, how, do you, how do you do that? Well, let me do a little crowd participation. All right, let's say, Let's say someone in your life, a, a relative, a friend, uh, a kid, a, a, a spouse, a husband, um, wife, a father, mother. Somebody comes to you and says, hey, I feel like we need to spend more quality time together. What does that look like? What are you going to do? Talk to me, church. How are you going to spend quality time with a human? What does that look like? What's that? You're going to talk to them, all right? You're going to put aside time and talk to them. Be close, proximity. What else are we going to do, men, other than talk? Amen. 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 We're going to listen, too, right? Listen, I think we get so intimidated about prayer. Like, why do we get intimidated? We get intimidated because he's invisible, and he doesn't talk out loud. But it's not that different than, than you know what quality. If somebody comes to you like, I need some quality time with you, you know how to do that. All of you do. It's the same with God. All those answers are true, right? This is, this is more than, than just prayer time. I know we're becoming a prayer in the church, but prayer is included in this spending quality time, right? It's, it's being in his word. It's, it's, it's just spending time, listening, talking. Prayer is a conversation with God, and we're wrestling, right? Last week, we talked about the beauty of how I know some of you have wrestled in prayer for me. I wrestled in prayer for some of you this week, just knowing what you're walking through, right? Some of our staff, and knowing what they're, like, I, I was fighting. Like, remember last week, we got to fight back we wrestle in prayer for each other. So that's part of spending quality time with God. Right? It's talking to him. It's, it's, it, can be, it can be so routine for me. Right? I can just start talking. I don't even know what I'm saying. I'm not thinking about what I'm saying. I'm just routine. That's not necessarily quality time. Quality time is having a conversation with God. Putting your heart out there. Joy had a great, I didn't even know she was going to share that today, but the Holy Spirit has been so good to us all week, and, and with, he's working in our church that I didn't know she was going to share what she shared. That was a beautiful example. That's quality time. Like, here's what's on my heart. I'm pouring myself out to you. And I know, I know some of you think, man, that's weird. If I go home today and get in a closet or get somewhere by myself that's quiet, um, and I start talking to God, that's weird. And I would say, Yes and no. It's weird because he's invisible, and we're not used to talking to invisible anything. So that part, I can, I can give you. That might, be, that, may, that might be a little weird. But it's not weird if you say you trust God 
with your life. If you've committed yourself to Jesus and you're living for Jesus and you trust that God sent Jesus to die for your sins and raised from the dead and he loves you and knows you, you meant the songs we sang that he's a good father. If you believe that, then there's nothing weird about talking to the God who created you and who knows you, right? There's nothing, there's nothing. It, it gets less weird as you get used to it. I really encourage people to pray out loud. It's so much harder to get distracted when you're praying out loud because he's really there. You don't, you know, I don't have conversations with my wife in my head. I mean, I do, but that's a different message, right? But uh, there's nothing wrong with praying in your head, but something becomes a little more relational when you start praying to God as if he's there because he is. So for me, praying out loud is, is really helpful. And, you, and, and I, know, I know there's some awkward, like you're thinking, that's so awkward. Let, let me talk about that word, because that used to be like a word that was real awkward, right? We said that all the time. Let me, let me tell you what's awkward. Here's what's awkward. So many times my motivation to, to talk to y'all is reminded of that series we did years ago called The Moment. Everybody in this room and everybody you know is going to have a moment where you meet your creator. You will leave this earth and go to the next life. You know what's awkward? Is meeting a God face to face that you don't know. Right? That you don't know how to talk to. When you meet him one day, once and for all, what's awkward is not knowing how to have a conversation because you haven't spent quality time with him. That's what we don't want. And I'm not I'm not trying to be harsh, but Jesus made such a big deal about this when he talked about the end times and judgment, and he said, there'll be a day and people will come to me and my answer will be away from me because I never knew you. That's awkward. The son of God saying, you got to go because I don't know you. We don't have a relationship. And he said that because he loves you so much that he wants to make sure you know what this is about, what this isn't about. It's not religion. I want to know you and be with you. And it's really hard to have a deep relationship without spending quality time. We have some phrases that we like to say around here. One of them is relationship over religion. All right, religion is, religion is just having words come out of your mouth. Religion is checking a box. Religion is not spending quality time with God. Right? We could even say relationship over routine or relationship over recite. Right? In sports, you guys know, and I'm not against this at all. This isn't a bad thing. In sports, football teams a lot of times will recite the Lord's Prayer, right, for you. And that's cool, right? I'm not against that. But we can, we can sometimes say the Lord's Prayer, my Father who lives in heaven, holy is your name, right? And I've said it so many times, I can, I can just rattle it off. I didn't necessarily spend any quality time with God in that, right? Instead of reciting the Lord's Prayer. Let's remember that the disciples were so amazed at Jesus and how he prayed. They came to him and said, hey, would you teach us how to pray? And he gave us that not just as something to recite, but as a template, right? So you can relationally walk through that prayer, right? My Father, it starts with that, that song that we sang. That, isn't it crazy, the God of the universe that created every single thing and person in the world, that he calls us to come to him as Father, that I, he wants me to address him as father, that he created me. He is my heavenly dad, my father, who is somewhere. Where are you? He lives in heaven. He lives in a place where I am called to go one day and be with him, and that life and place is perfect, and it will last forever. I'm talking to someone. It's not just, you know, mindlessly reciting something. I'm talking to my dad, my heavenly creator, father, who put me together, knows more about me than anyone else. I talk to you now, my God, my Father, who is, you are in heaven, and you are holy, and I am not. Your name is holy, even to approach you, 
Like, how can I approach you except for Jesus, that you let me come to you and talk to you boldly and freely with confidence, right, through Jesus, is how I can come to you as my Father, knowing that your name is holy and that you have made me holy through Jesus. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth like it is in heaven. So there's a will that you have, and you can use my life and decisions today to bring your will, your heavenly will, on into earth. That's the multi-ethnic church mantra, right? We know that there's not segregation in heaven and the glimpses of heaven. We're bringing the, the, the church of heaven into earth. That's his will. Your will be done. Your kingdom come. Let me be a part of that. And you start to talk to him about what is your will for me today and this week and the meetings I have and the issues I have. So then you're having a conversation with God through the Lord's Prayer. And I could walk you through that whole Lord's Prayer, but you get what I'm saying. We, that's a relationship. Religion is, you know, my Father in heaven, holy is your name. You know, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. And you're just saying stuff, right? That's not, that's not relational. We like to say transformation over transaction, right? And prayer can be real transactional. Hey, God, I'm going to ask you for this, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to read your word, and I'm going to do... I'm going to do this so you'll give me this, right? He, he's not into that, right? It's supposed to be transformational, right? Quality time with God, this is the huge, huge difference. When it's transactional for me, God, here's what I need. Here's what I need you to do. And that's all that my prayer is, right? I'm not changing. I'm just asking for stuff. How he changes us is when we sit at his feet and we spend quality time. Speak to me through your word. What do you want to do in me? right? I, that's, we're, he, we're becoming more like Christ each day. That's the exciting part. We're different. He's changing. He's transforming us. We want transformation, not transaction. And then last, we want lifestyle over list, right? Prayer is such an easy thing to be on your list. I need to pray today and just check it off the list. We want a lifestyle of prayer. We're becoming a praying church. Some of you today, God is calling to have a lifestyle where you believe that it's your responsibility primary each day to spend quality time with God. You know if it's quality time, right? If, if you go out and, and have coffee with someone, you know if it was quality time. Did you have good conversation? Did you hear each other, right? Same with God. I had a conversation with a person this week who's on the fence about surrendering to Jesus. Um, they're just, you know, not sure if they want to surrender. And I, and I asked this person, I said, hey, if, if you did surrender to Jesus, do you think your life would be better or worse six months from now, right? And I even use words that I wish I hadn't. I even, I even use the words easier or harder, right? Because there's no promise that life gets easier when we surrender to Jesus. But it does get better, right? And, and, in, this, and in this person's mind, the answer was, yeah, six months from now, if I surrender to Jesus, I think, I think it might be harder from what I've heard, right? I think you know, I, th I think it might be harder or even worse, right? And it, and it was like, it was, so, it was so hard because church, we've got to do a better job of helping people understand what this is and what this isn't, how good this is, what's good about it. Religion, there's no good in religion. Religion is just more stuff you got to live up to and feel bad about. Relationship with the God of the universe lives up to the hype, right? That's how Paul said, he was talking about all that he was, Paul in Scripture. He's talking about all that he had accomplished. He had a great resume. He had been this. He had been a Pharisee. He, had, he, had a, he was known, he, and, he, and he left all that for Jesus. In Philippians 3, he said, Whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more? I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of what? Religion? No. The surpassing worth 
of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider all that I had garbage, that I may gain Christ. That actually nothing compares, according to Scripture, to the greatness and worth of knowing Jesus relationally. Right? I think, I think the world doesn't know that because we haven't sold that well. We've, we've invited them to religion. Hey, you should do this, right? Just, in, you know, in case you die one day. That's not what we're offering, right? Not just, hey, transactional or, or, or lists or religion. We're offering relationship that when you actually experience whatever's coming in life, and it may be harder in the next six months, but there's no scenario where life isn't better knowing Jesus. Because you're going to go walk through hard stuff whether you follow Jesus or not. That's coming right? But how in the world can we walk through this life and all that it brings without a relationship with Jesus? Jesus is always going to make it better because he's with us and he carries us through and he knows all that we feel and he, he understands what you're going through and he's going to come along beside you and, and knowing him is, is better. If, if we only believe that because we knew it, right? We got to, you can't, you can't believe it unless you know how great it is to be in relationship with Jesus. And how are you going to be in relationship with him if you're not spending quality time? Right? We get the order backwards. We talk about KLO, KLO. We want people to know him. And the more you know him, the more you love him, the more you obey him. We try to do it in reverse. We try to get people to obey God. You should obey him. If you really love him, you should obey him. Well, if you don't know him, it's really hard to love him. The more you know him and sit with him and spend quality, the more you will love him. He's, he, he's that, he can handle that hype. We've got to help people know Jesus, and as they know him, they'll love him. As they love him, they'll learn to obey him. Is that, is that statement my one primary responsibility today? It's changed my life this month. Is that how you've taught your kids? Is that how you were taught by your parents, that your one primary responsibility today? I've had to check my own heart. I don't think I've done that well. Right? I told you last week when I walked you through all the stuff we've been walking through, um, Jackson was up here playing drums you know, towards ACL in September, had surgery in October, and now you know, the doctor said the surgery went great, but this recovery, it's all about the rehab. You got to do the work, you got to do the exercises. So it's like, man, Jackson, have you done your exercises today? I'm I want you to text me every time you do your exercises. I'm getting no text. I'm like, what are we doing here? Did you do your exercises? Yes. Well, why didn't you text me? I just, I don't, I don't know, but I did my exercises. I'm just on him and on him. And I, and I wondered, and I had to apologize to him yesterday because I knew I was preaching this, because I bet that there's been part of the last month where he felt like my dad would say, my primary responsibility today is to do my rehab. All right? That's my primary responsibility. And that's not the dad. What about your kids, if you have kids? What would they say? My, my dad or my mom said, my primary responsibility today is to get my chores done or to get my grades up, right, or to be a responsible citizen or to get to college or, or whatever. Forgive us, God. Right? We cannot teach our kids what we don't live ourselves. It starts with us. Here's, here's what I've experienced. Right? This is, this is, I've been following Jesus for, I don't know, 35 years. This month has been different than any other month. It's, I've felt this statement deeper. I've really with everything that's going through my mind and struggles, and I've just decided my primary responsibility today is to spend quality time with God, and it's been, it's been amazing. I felt that statement deeper. It's freed me up. Um, there's been times I've been overwhelmed, right? 
overwhelmed with, you name it, with health, with every little feeling in my body, is that something? Overwhelmed with finances, overwhelmed with parenting, overwhelmed with coaching, overwhelmed with work, right? So November, December is a time where we really plan out the next year. That's where we spend a lot of time. And I was out of commission for November and most of December. So we, I just, if everything, have you ever felt like just every, just trying to catch up? That's where we're, that's where we're at. And what has helped me work through that and really encourage my soul is deciding my primary responsibility today is spending time with God. And you may think, well, you're a pastor, right? So that makes sense for you, right? Because you can go and spend quality time with God and you have special access. Listen, don't think that. That's, 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 that's against the gospel if you think people have special access. That's the point of the gospel. Nobody has special access to God. The Bible says there's, it may, you, there's no distinction based on race, based on Jewishness, based on behavior, based on you know, DNA, genealogy, who your mama is, who your daddy, none of that. There's no preferential treatment. We all have the same equal access to God. Now, as I, as I dwell on this statement and really want this statement to become deep into the DNA of our church, I had a concern this morning because I was thinking about some of you and all that you got. I was thinking about some of our moms uh, who, who work full-time jobs. If you didn't know, a mom is a full-time job. And then you got another paying job on top of that. I just thought about some of you and I thought, God, help us not leave this room with them feeling guilt. Right? That's the enemy. If you're feeling guilt right now, that ain't me. Right? Right? Because you know that you're not spending quality time with God. I don't think God wants you to feel bad about that this morning. I think God wants you to be honest with yourself about what do you believe. I think he wants to change your mind first and your habits will follow your mind. The first step is, do you think that that's true? My one primary responsibility today is to spend quality time with God. I know you got a lot on your plate, right? I know. And if that's you right now in this season... It's not about guilt. Everything on your plate that you got going on, will that go better or worse if you're spending quality time with God? Will you be a better mother, a better worker, a better roommate? Will you be a better, more productive? Your issues that are weighing so heavy that you feel like you got to go fix, will that go better if you spend quality time? Does he have any wisdom on what you're struggling with? I think, I know he does. Right? It's not, and don't, when you see this statement, busy people in the room, don't get, the, don't get it twisted. Don't think it's ours. Some of you are talking about my one primary responsibility today is to spend quality time with God, and you see yourself in this yoga pose out in the woods for hours, right? Nothing to do with yoga, right? And it's not, it's not about ours, right? Let that, let that, man, let, can I stand up? Let that come off your heart. My, my coach, spiritual father, um, Dean Troon, he talks about, he coaches a bunch of us pastors, and he talks about praying with his wife every day and how important that is. And I just, I love that, and I've encouraged men in the church to do that, and I've tried to do that, and I've failed at it over and over again, just being consistent with that. And last summer, I was with him, and I was like, and I just I was like, man, how do you do that? Like, we don't have time every day to pray together, and it's just, and I, and I said, what, tell me what that looks like. Like, show me what that looks like between you and Bonnie. And Dean's like, 
oh, it's just a couple minutes. It's just like before bed, before I go to bed, I go to bed before her, before I go to bed, I just grab her hand. It's not, it's not, and I'm like, man, I wish I'd known that the last 10 years, right? I thought, I thought it was this whole ceremony and let's stop the world, everything. It was just something. Listen, when we talk about, we're not watering this down. I believe that my one primary responsibility today is to spend quality time with God. And I believe the same is true for you. But don't make that this, it's not a time on that. Quality time can happen in 10 minutes, right? It's not going on and on and on and being late for work, right? Just season of life matters. Some of you with little kids, where you're at right now, like this is going to look different row to row, chair to chair, right? Don't, like it was such a relief for me when Dean said, oh, it's just, for what I do, it's just this, right? So I can just pray in, in bed with my wife, right? It's, it's, it's like, oh, it's not, so don't get, don't psych yourself out before we even get going. Just focus on the truth of the statement. You know why this isn't a guilt, shame statement? Because it's based on the reality that the God of the universe desperately wants something from you. What does he want from you? Your time, your heart, your focus. That should encourage you, not scare you. God is waiting to sit with you. He, he, he wants to spend quality time with you. Here's what's different for me. And I can't fully explain this, but I have to pray. I have to sit with God. Right? It wasn't always that way. Right? If it gets to be lunchtime and I haven't spent quality time with God, I feel it. And that's not, it's not guilt, like, oh, no, I haven't done it. I'm a, I, you know, it's, not, it's not that. It's not ruining a streak. It's just a, a need with everything I'm walking through and carrying. Like, I can't get through the day because my one primary responsibility to be everything else that God has called me to be connects back to spending I love the words that, that God gave Dean. Primary and quality are the ones that just keep jumping out. Not just to go spend time with God. I want to spend quality time. I've been sitting in God's lap. He's been teaching me and comforting me and, and healing me emotionally, physically, in all kinds of beautiful ways. And also, it is highlighted, to be real honest with you, it's highlighted some arrogance in me pre-stroke. All right? Arrogance that I wasn't aware of. Arrogance specifically that it takes for me to go try to go through a day without spending quality time with God, right? I was able to go through some days and try to lead a church and lead a staff and be a dad and be a husband and, and live for Jesus and run from sin. I was, I was thinking I could do that without spending quality time with God. There's some arrogance in that, talking about me, not about you. Who, who do I think I am that I can go live this life with all that's coming at us? And we talked about that last week. All that's coming, who, who, who do I think I am that I have a shot at living the life God has called me to live and be who God created me to be if I don't spend quality time with him? That's how we set it up. It's not like, hey, we come to church and then we're good for a week. Like, that's not what he wants. What's he want? He wants relationship. He wants daily. He wants your heart, right? I have nothing to offer on my own. So he's changing me through that relationship. I'm starting, I think, to maybe begin to get a sense of how Jesus lived. You study Jesus' life, he had to pray. He got up early to pray, right? And you're like, well, he's Jesus, right? He didn't get tired. He did get tired. He was fully God in a human body. We know his human body got tired, right? So he was tired, and he just knew there's no chance I got at fulfilling the mission God gave me if I don't start the day in relationship and communication, and I know where my strength comes from. If Jesus needed to do that, who am I that I can get through one day 
without spending quality time with God. The night before the cross, he was overwhelmed with sadness. He had to go pray. When, when hard things came, he knew where to run to. That's how I want to live. That's the life that God is calling us to. My one primary responsibility today is to spend quality time with God. It's revolutionary. And I know some of you are thinking, that can't be me. I can't, that, that, that statement, I can't, I, that can't be me. It could be you. I don't even have to know you or why you're fighting that statement. It could be you, right? It's not about how long the time. It's just about quality of time. Tell them what you're thinking. That's prayer. Tell them what scares you. Tell them what, what's going on in your heart. You're like, well, doesn't he already know? Yes, he does. But it's about a relationship, right? When you know your son or your daughter is going through something and it's heavy on them and they come to you and they pour out their heart to you, even though you're like, I already knew that, aren't you glad they did? Yes. That's a relationship. He already knows what you're thinking right now. Starting to run to him and say, I want to spend quality time with you. And quality time means me getting some stuff out and then allowing him to speak to you. How does he do that? That's the next series. We'll help you with that. It's a relationship. There's nothing better than knowing Jesus. And knowing Jesus comes from spending time with him. And it's, yeah, it's your prayer life and it's praying for each other in the church, but it's bigger than just that. What if, what if you adopted this statement? What if you said, God, help me believe that this is my primary responsibility today is spend quality time with God. That would change your life and it would change our church in a heartbeat. Right? And I know that's oversimplifying, but just let me tell you how it was for me this week. Um, Thursday night, Friday, um, I had my first uh, intense bad headache since early December. My stroke was in November. God has blessed us and been so good. I've had minor headaches. But this one felt like the one that caused all this. And it was scary, right? And, and Thursday night, and it was worse when I woke up Friday. It got worse throughout the day. And I'm not thinking about spending quality time with God because I can't even, my head hurts too bad to really think. And, and is this leading to another stroke? And the thoughts are just kicking my tail. If, you know, is this, what is happening? And and what is going on, and um, then I reached out for some people in the church to pray for me in that, and finally, Friday afternoon, I remembered what my primary responsibility today is, right, with everything going on, I was able just to go up to my bonus room, where, we've, where I've been able to just really get one-on-one quiet time with God, and just, like, just talk to him real. Like, God, I don't know what's going on. I'm scared. I know you didn't call me to you're my shield and fear not, but I'm scared. And I don't want to live in fear, but I need, I need your help. And it was, just, it was just me talking to my dad, right? And I, and, and I can't tell you the peace that came, right? And that later that night, the headache subsided, and God worked in some beautiful ways to help us get some answers and get a doctor on the phone and, and just calm me down and just meet me in my fear. There's no scenario that's coming this week that spending quality time with God will not help you deal with it better than you will without him, right? Let's not be arrogant and try to face this week on our own strength, right? Let's face this life. Let's, church, let's be a church who knows where our strength comes from. What would it look like this week, church? If you decided to believe, my one primary responsibility today is to spend quality time with God.
we got, we got some exciting stuff for you next week as we kind of lay out how we're going to pray and organize and how. So you can sign up um, for the prayer team, and then we'll give you the specifics next week. We're going to become a praying church. It's going to be beautiful. Would you stand with me? Let me pray over you. Father, I thank you for those in this room that, have, that can amen what Paul said in Philippians, that there's nothing, nothing compares to the surpassing worth of knowing you, Jesus, and being in relationship with you. God, if that's true, we don't want to miss it. We don't want to waste our time on religion or, or just saying stuff, God. We want to spend quality time with you and know you. God, help us learn how to know you together. I pray it's rich. I pray you'd meet us, whatever that looks like. Good. I pray we wouldn't leave here with pressure of, oh, no, I've got to spend time. God, I pray we'd leave here with excitement that there's a God who knows us better than anyone else on the planet that actually did create us specifically and intentionally and that you want to sit with us and you love more than anything you love when we just come to you with our time and our hearts and we talk to you and we spend time in prayer with you. God, change us as we sit with you. God, we thank you for your grace that allows us to come to you. We thank you that we can call you Father. God, I pray we would wrestle in prayer for each other this week, that you, God, would lead us to become a praying church. We pray and go in Jesus' name. Amen. See you next week, church.